My brief for this podcast was to encourage you to visit part of London by saying something about its history. So I thought I'd talk about Hampstead Village, where I've lived for the past 15 years, and about one of its greatest inhabitants in quite a crowded field, the English landscape painter John Constable, who lived here for the last 10 years of his life. I'm a philosopher, and among other things, I write about the philosophy of art and philosophical logic. I'm particularly interested in the concept of truth and how we think about the truthfulness of works of art. But we'll get to that and how it's connected with Constable in due course. I'm recording this in Hampstead, which is about three miles from UCL, just four stops on the Northern Line. Hampstead has become very gentrified during the last 20 years, and today it's filled with elegant boutiques and cafes, hairdressers and estate agents, sushi bars and ice cream parlors. It also has a famous creperie, which has been here since 1980 and is just at the end of my lane. Hampstead Heath, which is a couple of minutes walk from the high street, is a wild park with woods and meadows and ponds and spectacular views across London, so it's worth a visit. But right now I'm not on the heath or queuing for a crepe. I'm in the cemetery on the slope of the hill beside the parish church taking my little boy for a walk, as you may be able to hear from time to time. It's a romantic place, shaded by tall trees. Looking around, I can see two tall chestnut trees with last year's leaf fall thick on the ground beneath them, several massive yew trees, and lots of holly bushes, which have been endemic in Hampstead for a couple of hundred years because they used to lay the laundry across them to dry when laundry was a local cottage industry. And beneath the trees, the headstones date from the late 18th century through the 19th century, and many of them have sunk half into the ground. Right now, I'm at the foot of the hill, facing an imposing marble tomb, shaped like a huge chest, standing on a stepped plinth and protected by an iron railing. It's inscribed on three sides to the memory of John Constable RA, which means that he was elected a member of the Royal Academy, his wife Maria Elizabeth, who predeceased him by nine years, and their seven children. The inscription about Maria is partly about family and partly about social status. Nothing unusual about that. So it records the fact that her father was solicitor to King George IV and to the Admiralty, with George IV and Admiralty in capital letters. And it says that she left seven infant children to lament her loss in common with their surviving parent. About the surviving parent, it simply says, John Constable, Esquire, R.A., many years a resident in this parish. He was born at East Bergholt in Suffolk, June 11th, 1776, and died in London, March 31st, 1837. East Bergholt is a village in the east part of Dedham Vale, where the River Stour runs into its estuary. And this wasn't simply Constable's birthplace. 
it was his inspiration, it, the landscape he loved most throughout his life. He said that it had made him a painter. My limited and abstracted art, he wrote, is to be found under every hedge and in every lane. The sound of water escaping from the mill dams, willows, old rotten planks, slimy posts and brickwork. I love such things. What a memorable expression of romantic taste that is. So how did Constable's association with Hampstead begin? Well, he and his wife brought their growing family here every summer, starting in 1819, three years after they were married, and they moved here permanently in 1827 to 40 Well Walk on the east side of the village. And I'm going to walk across the village to Well Walk now. One reason for the move was that Maria was in poor health and suffered from the sooty air in London. Possibly another reason was that they'd been living opposite a brothel in Fitzrovia, just north of Soho. We know that because Constable took the owner to court. But whatever prompted the move, it was an ideal arrangement for Constable. He could paint on Hampstead Heath, keep in close touch with the London art scene, and, as he put it himself, unite a town and country life. Though, sadly, his wife died just a little more than a year after they moved in. Well, here I am. It's a handsome house on a Georgian terrace, four storeys high, plus a basement, a wisteria growing across the porch, and there's an elegant blue plaque from the 1920s just above the ground floor windows, which informs passers-by that John Constable Painter lived here. He described it as a comfortable little house, but it seems quite grand today. Mind you, with six and then seven children, it must have been a busy household, and he loved living here. He wrote in a letter to a friend, It is indeed everything we could wish. It is situated on the eminence, and our little drawing room commands a view unequalled in Europe, from Westminster Abbey to Gravesend. There's a spectacular watercolour in the Victoria and Albert Museum, which Constable made from one of the windows of the house, either in the drawing room or in one of the rooms above. It's quite small, about nine inches wide and seven inches high, and the actual landscape is just a sliver along the bottom of the sheet. The tops of trees are visible in the foreground, soft dark smudges of greenish black, and it's just possible to discern a spire, a dome even, which can only be St Paul's, in a bluish haze in the far distance, a couple of millimetres high. And above this sliver of landscape, occupying almost the whole sheet, is a magnificent study of clouds filled with motion and energy and light. Horizontal patches of blue sky show through white cirrus clouds tinged with mauve. A dark blue and mauve cumulus cloud at the top of the sheet dominates the sky and another drifts across the landscape in the middle distance. And on the back of the sheet, Constable has made a careful annotation recording the fact that he made the watercolour between 11 and noon on September the 15th, 1830, and that the wind was in the west. Constable believed that the sky presents a huge challenge to the landscape painter. It isn't normally the main focus of attention, but it is, I'm quoting him now, 
the keynote, the standard of taste, and the chief organ of sentiment of a painting. Organ of sentiment, that's a resonant phrase. I suppose it means that the sky establishes the emotional character of a landscape painting. It sets the mood. So Constable studied the sky with unparalleled attention. And the most remarkable results of this are the oil sketches which he painted mostly out of doors on Hampstead Heath in 1821-22. Now, I've been walking the hundred yards or so to Hampstead Heath as I've been talking, and I'm there now looking across a large meadow past Zippo Circus to the London skyline. Constable made at least 50 oil sketches on the heath in the summer of 1822 alone and many of them are pure skyscapes without the top of a tree or the spire of a church in sight. They're simply studies of clouds and he painted the first of them on September the 13th 1821 with another of his careful annotations on the back. One o'clock it reads slight wind at northwest which became tempestuous in the afternoon with rain all the night following. It sounds like a sentence from the shipping forecast and in fact Constable was intensely interested in meteorology which was a rapidly developing science at the time. He owned several books on the subject including Luke Howard's The Climate of London which appeared in 1818 and laid the foundation for 19th century meteorology. In fact Howard introduced the names of clouds I used to describe his watercolour sketch, Cumulus and Stratus. But Constable didn't just study meteorology, he wanted his paintings to make a contribution to it. Painting is a science, he said, and should be pursued as an inquiry into the laws of nature. Why then may not landscape painting be considered a branch of natural philosophy of which pictures are but the experiments? These are the last words of the last lecture he gave at the Royal Institution nine months before he died. They are a kind of credo. Nevertheless, I don't think of Constable's painting as scientific and they didn't contribute to meteorology in the way that 16th century artists contributed to anatomy, for example. His aim in painting, I would say, was to communicate his love for the rural scenery of England by representing it as truthfully as he could. He once described studying the old masters, as opposed to sitting out of doors and studying nature, as seeking the truth at second hand. And truth is certainly a word that critics used to describe his paintings right from the start. The great French writer Stendhal saw some of Constable's paintings in the French Salon, in 1824 and was bowled over. Classical landscapes, he insisted, have a style and an elegance but lack truth, whereas the truth of Constable's charming works instantly strikes and delights us. More than a century later, Ernst Gombrich said that Constable wanted nothing but the truth. But what is truth in painting? Gombrich doesn't say, and as soon as Stendhal tries to explain, he reaches for clichés like the mirror of nature, which means nothing at all. Mirrors certainly don't tell the truth, or lie for that matter, because reflection isn't communication. Only communication can be truthful or untruthful, whether it's in language or in paint. 
but it's hard to say what the truthfulness of Constable's painting consists in. Truth in general means agreement with reality, but how does that apply to a landscape painting that doesn't need to be an accurate record of a specific place, like a surveyor's drawing or a map? Perhaps the truthfulness of Constable's paintings consists simply in avoiding different kinds of untruthfulness. He refused to idealise the landscape by transforming it into an Arcadia inhabited by goddesses and shepherds, as Poussin and Claude Lorraine had done. And he shunned the picturesque. He described François Boucher's landscapes as a bewildered dream of the picturesque and the pastoral of the opera house, and he cordially loathed them. And he didn't transform the landscape into an apparition or a dream in the way that Turner, his contemporary and rival, did. Golden visions, Constable wrote of Turner, but only visions. That certainly wasn't his way. When William Blake, the poet, saw one of Constable's drawings, he said, why, this is not drawing, but inspiration. To which Constable replied, I meant it for drawing. So there we are. Hampstead would be well worth visiting, even if Constable hadn't lived here and painted on the heath. But if you come to Hampstead, walk across the heath, enjoy the views across London, and look up at the skies that Constable observed and recorded in his great sketches. And don't forget to get a crepe from the creperie on Perrin's Lane as well. <laughs>